I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Livewire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you can call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey there, welcome to the Best News Podcast from Livewire, brought to you by Alaska Airlines. This is the show where we talk about what is good in the news. I'm Luke Burbank, right over there, my friend, Elena Passarello. Elena, welcome back. We took a, a holiday week off, but here we are with week 21 of the Best News Podcast. 21. We can yes. vote. What can we do? We can drink. We can drink. Yes, finally. <laughs> One thing that's been missing on this podcast has been a little... Adult beveraging. Uh, I'll tell you what, taking a week off is really uh, has the mailbag bursting. Of oh, course, yeah. you can email us. <laughs> you could email us at bestnews at livewireradio.org if you've got some kind of news you'd like to share with us or other feedback on the show. Uh, first up, Ken said, I thought Luke and Elena would enjoy the videos on this Facebook page of Sergio the Hot Wheels driving turtle. Mm, yes. Did you know about Sergio? I learned about him today. Me too. It finally made it to my way on the algorithm. And what, I mean, what, what a world. What a wonderful I world. I was unaware that there is a turtle named Sergio <laughs> who likes to ride on a, like a, like a Hot Wheels car, a Matchbox car, like, you know, kind of like, you know, and then he can go really fast yeah. because he's not actually using his legs. He's riding on the actual Hot Wheels car. <laughs> um, Phil in Mechanicsburg, PA hey. said, Hey, Elena, I'm glad you're a Savannah Bananas fan. This was the uh, best news from a while ago, talking about this baseball team down in Savannah that just does all kinds of wacky stuff, right, mm -hmm. during the game just to keep it interesting and get fans out. Phil was pointing out that one of the best parts of their game is that if a fan catches a foul ball, the batter is out. What? That is... <laughs> it's going to be a while before that makes its way to the major league level, but I love that so much. I can't wait till that happens at a Phillies game. Oh, like, my uh... gosh. There would be, I mean, an absolute riot. I love that. But this is what Phil really wants to find out. He says, I'm writing to clear up a mystery of the space-time continuum. Oh, great. I listen to your best news of the week on Wednesday. That's when this podcast comes out. But then, two days later... You're back with more best news of the week during the radio show. So mm -hmm. what is the deal? Are weeks not seven days in Oregon? <laughs> thus allowing you nope. to have news of the week every two and five days? Surely this can't be. <laughs> is some of your best news really not the best, but only exceptionally good? How are we to know which news is best in the given week, the Wednesday or the Friday? 
Is one the best news of the week and the other the bestest news of the week? This is tearing my brain apart. I feel like best does not have to be singular, right? Mm -hmm. So the best American essays is a book that comes out and there's like 10 essays in it. So that's what it is. We're, we're, We're spreading the best news of the week out among the two episodes. Either that or Oregon has two weeks for every one week. I like that theory too. <laughs> Phil, don't question it. Just go with the flow. Just enjoy I just enjoy this spectacular broadcasting we're doing on various platforms. And don't worry your little head about which is the bestest of the news. And thanks for listening to us out there in Mechanics. Absolutely. For and sure. like so carefully that he's tracking these things. Tom is checking in from my old hometown of Port Townsend, Washington, where he says, Congrats on the new cat. Having missed hearing the cat's name, I thought you might need one, and I have one to offer, uh, which you uh, might find both appropriate and novel, hmm. uh, which came to me too late for use by the brothers Maliazzi. I believe he's referring to Click and Clack on ah. Car Talk. This is uh, Tom's suggestion for a name for my cat. I'm writing to offer the name Pounce de Leon. <laughs> All monetary gains flowing from its use shall be designated for the cat's direct benefit. Good, I can finally pay for that treadmill that I had to buy for this cat. Bub- the cat is named Bubbles, by the way, but maybe Pounce de Leon can be the Well, in the South, the we call it Pounce de Leon, because that's the, Ponce, uh-huh. Ponce de Leon is the main artery running through Atlanta, and we do not really? call it Ponce de Leon. No, we call it Ponce de Leon, so it would be Pounce de Leon down there. I actually think that's a more fun name for Bubbles. Pounce maybe de that'll Leon. Be, yeah, Pounce de Leon. So thank you uh, to everyone who wrote in again, best news at livewireradio.org if you want to communicate with us. All right, let's get into what's good out there in the wider world. Elena, what's the best news you saw this week? Rat news. Rat news. Yeah. Now I'll now I'll never hear the Batman song again without hearing rat news. I love rat news. The best rat news I ever heard was about the rat boat of 2013, which is a really great story that maybe uh, maybe some of our mailbag people, maybe they can look it up or something. But uh, okay. I wrote a song for that one, too, called The Rat Boat to the tune of The Love Boat. And I'd be happy to sing. If we're going to do another podcast, I'd sing you. It has many verses. I'm seeing the producers are saying rap when comfy. (laughs) That usually means we're ready to. They're Uh, saying Elena's fire. (laughs) (laughs) This is new rat news. This is the contemporary rat news. Uh, There's a scientist and uh, animal researcher named Dr. Donna King. She's from Glasgow, Scotland, Glasgow. But right now she's based in Tanzania. And she's working for a group called Hero Rats, Inc. And they're finding different ways to incorporate rats, which are very, very trainable animals. They're smart, they're sociable, they're food-driven. So they're actually really uh, uh, great to use in different activities. And these rats are being trained to rescue people. What? Yep. You know how there's... um, uh, you know, sometimes in disasters like an earthquake, when a building collapses, it can take days to get to people or to even find them. Um, sure. It's hard to hear them, to know where they are. There's a bunch of stuff. One of the reasons that rats are around is that they are very, very good at manipulating lots of different spaces. They can live anywhere. They can squeeze through anything. As we know, right, there's – I don't know if this is true or not, but there's always the thing when you were a kid, like uh, a mouse or a rat can get through like – 
a hole the size of a quarter or a dime or something. They have really flexible spines uh, and a lot of loose skin, so they're really good at the, the cats are like that too, but but rats for sure. And so Dr. Donna Keen and her team have taken advantage of that, and they're training these rats to go into rubble, like piles of rubble from a building that's been demolished, and find people. They'll have little microphones attached to these rat backpacks. And they'll listen for when people are calling and they'll have a tracking device attached to them. Sometimes they even have video cameras attached to them. What? And then they're also trained to come back. They hear a beep and they know to come back and get a treat. And it's only taking like two weeks to train these rats to perform these rescue missions. And they're already uh, being sent to Turkey, which is a pretty earthquake prone place to be ready and at the waiting should there be any need for them. There's future plans. Right now, there are like 170 rats total who are part of the Hero Rats Project, and they're being trained to do things like detect landmines because rats are so light and agile, they don't set off landmines, and to sniff out diseases like tuberculosis. Huh. <laughs> I am on this team because I believe that, I mean, I don't want like a, like a disease-ridden rat to crawl across my foot while I'm sleeping or anything, but like... I think rats are amazing. I think they're so cool and interesting. Pizza rat is my best friend. And <laughs> that was the rat in the New York subway system, right? That was like dragging pizza up the stairs or down the stairs or something. Yeah. And it turned out it was a hoax, but who cares? Because that means that, that the rat- That was a hoax? Yeah. But it was a great, that rat was a great actor. Best actor 20 whatever, 2012. I, that's the worst news I've heard all week. This is the first that I'm learning pizza rat was like, that was a setup. Somebody, did, did they feed like- did they basically got the rat and then they got the pizza and they put them together? Well, it was a trained rat. Because like I said, <gasps> you could train a rat to do anything. So you can train a rat to be a viral video sensation. You could probably train a rat to do my job. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> That's incredible. I wonder if this is going to be the beginning of a bit of a sort of a PR campaign for rats. Because, of course, they have a pretty bad reputation. I remember when I was living in Washington, D.C., seeing people talk about rats in New York and other mm -hmm. places – for my money, D.C. has some of the... This is not a political joke. This is legitimately, like, they just have some really, really, really large rats. Yeah. It didn't help that I had a rat living in my apartment in D.C., too, which was <laughs> terrifying. I'd be watching TV, and out of the corner of my eye, something would just dart across the kitchen floor. He lived... It was a rental. He lived somewhere, like, under the stairs, but he would go to the uh, refrigerator for food and back and forth. It was like a Tom and Jerry cartoon or something. Uh, our assistant editor, Trey Hester, is blowing up the chat of the Zoom right now. I, I do believe he is familiar with the D.C. area as Thank well. you, Trey, <laughs> for supporting me in this. I, that's, <laughs> I mean, there's some there's some biggins back there. But, like, you're right. I mean, they're just animals, mm -hmm. and they are, you know, have a lot of different things they can do that would probably surprise us. So, I don't know. I mean, could we see a day where rats have, like, a totally different sort of uh, reputation I'm in there, a different rat reputation. Oh, golly. <laughs> I'm there already. Team rat. Team rat forever. Let's go. The rat boat. <laughs> I knew you were going to work that in somewhere. <laughs> I've got an animal-related best news story as well, and it's about a decision by California's Third District Court of Appeal, mm -hmm. which ruled recently that the California Endangered Species Act can protect bees. Oh, thank goodness. It's going to list bees now under the same protected status or in the category of fishes. The um, game code from the California Endangered Species Act under Section 45 lists 
wild fish, mollusk, crustacean, invertebrate, amphibian, or part spawn or ovum of any of these animals as <laughs> legally protected. But a particular court said that doesn't include bees. And so this uh, group from Stanford University and also a group called the Xerxes Society for Invertebrate Conservation Ooh. brought a lawsuit, essentially, and they were able to get bees now listed more or less under the category of fish. So they are protected. Bees are fish now. <laughs> I mean, sort of. <laughs> For the purposes of protecting them and, and, and promoting environmental policies that will not further damage the bee population. As you know, bee populations are down. Way down. Bees are totally essential for pollinating all kinds of different things. I did a TV story a while ago about bees up in um, northern Washington state that are under threat from what are called murder hornets. Oh, which yeah. Are, I mean, that name is a little misleading. They're just a very big hornet that came over from Japan, but they are <laughs> pretty fearsome and they can take down an entire hive of bees um, you know, in a matter of hours. So bees are under a lot of threat. Anything we can do to sort of protect them is obviously good. So this is being seen as a big win for the environment and for bees. It's a big win for me, Elena, because I finally know what the Xerxes Society does. Okay, <laughs> first of all, that is spelled X-E-R-C-E-S. That's how you spell Xerxes. Okay. And this is like three blocks from my apartment. It's behind a pizza place. What? Here in Portland. There is a place I go called Pizza Schmitza. <laughs> And when you park in the Pizza Schmitza parking lot, Who there named is a that? <laughs> Did it's I a name chain, that? actually. There is a small, right? That does sound like something you'd come up with. There is a small sign in the parking lot behind the Pizza Schmitza that just says, <laughs> the Xerxes Society for Invertebrate Research. Awesome. And I see this sign, and I feel like it's the beginning of a Charlie Kaufman film. Yep. Like, it's <laughs> strong, like, being John Malkovich, seventh and a half floor or whatever. Yeah. There's a sign of a building, uh, on a, like, an office building in my uh, town called Pajagle. And I've always been afraid <laughs> to Google what, what that actually is. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I have been looking at this Xerxes thing for ever since I started living in Portland. I see this sign. I go, what in the heck? Do they do behind this pizza schmitza? They're saving Turns the bees, schmies. They're <laughs> saving the bees and monarch butterflies and just other invertebrates. It's the headquarters for this national movement to protect invertebrates. I wonder if pizza schmitza is like their their sponsor. Like they feed them when they're up all night trying to save the bees. I would love that. Those are my two, other than Livewire, those are my two favorite Portland businesses now. The Pizza Schmitza <laughs> and the Xerxes Center for the uh, invertebrate, invertebrate Preservation. So anyway, that's the best news that I heard this week. All right, a little preview of what we're doing on the radio show this week. We are talking to food writer Cecily Wong about her book, Gastro Obscura, which features fascinating food stories from all over the world, including, speaking of bees, this psychedelic honey mm. that was once used as a weapon, <laughs> and also why maybe you shouldn't offer champagne as like a sort of energy drink to people running in a marathon in London in 1908. Hmm. That happened, and um, drunkenness ensued. <laughs> uh, then we are going to talk to Andrew Bird the Grammy Award nominee, the musician, now the actor, the all-around talented person. 
he is someone who describes himself in this interview we're going to hear as painfully shy, but of course he's also a public figure. So how do you kind of reconcile that stuff? Um, he's also going to play a song for us, uh, which I'm really excited for everyone to hear. His new album is called Inside Problems, and the version of the song you're going to hear is only going to be on Livewire because it was just him and his violin, and uh, it turned out really, really well. So please do check your feed on Friday for the podcast version of Livewire or listen on a uh, public radio station near you over the weekend when the show drops there. All right, that is going to do it for this week's Best News Podcast. Thank you to our team who makes the show possible. Laura Haddon is our executive producer. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. Our assistant editor and chief rat wrangler, Trey Hester out there in D.C. Also, special thanks to our intern, Jonas Myers, who finds our best news stories. Molly Pettit is our technical director and mixer. Our theme is composed by A. Walker Spring. And of course, thanks to all of you, our listeners. Again, shoot us an email, bestnews at livewireradio.org. And thank you again for listening. We'll be back very soon with another episode of the show. In the meantime, head on out there and just have the absolute best week. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, Reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time, because we love having this job. Uh, Thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast.